away. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, it's Thursday. We're ready for Friday's Captain's Run. We're back on the couch. We've had a big week. We've been up the coast. We've been back. We've done Monday's podcast. We found BB. Um, Woody, you're here. We're ready to go. It's sunny. It's Thursday. Get your tips in. We'll get, get to that, James. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. A uh, bit of housekeeping for everybody uh, out there. We've got uh, a busy couple of months coming up. Hopefully, uh, everybody's on deck. BB, Woody, Kondo, and Satsi. Uh, we've locked in uh, Joel Parker. Um, that'll be a bit of a soft opening, I think, for. Uh, one of our uh, very loyal supporters, uh, Mezzi down at Lennox Pizza Pasta, um, April 13th. Uh, we're going to raise some money that night for uh, disabled surfing, uh, which Joel's an ambassador for. Uh, that's followed up by a couple of weeks later. We've got uh, Wednesday, 25th of April, the community centre. There'll be about 400 tickets. Uh, we've got Eddie Jones, which we've mentioned before. That's to raise money for Far North Coast Juniors. Uh, and then uh, Friday after that, uh, we've got Ross Clark-Jones again back at the community centre, which will culminate uh, in a podcast after the Bodie boys have linked up on the Wednesday to do a 100k paddle down the Richmond River. Um, they'll come out at, uh, I think, up near the uh, the pool near um, in Ballina there. Yep. Uh, where you launch your boats, where we're all launching boats when we were up and down the river when we had the floods. So... They'll come out there and probably walk down to Cherry Street, have a big feed, and then head over to uh, our live podcast. Oh, epic. And uh, that one, we're raising money for our kids, Lismore, which we raised money for this time last year. Uh, revive the Northern Rivers, uh, so Tommy Wolf, uh, the Healthy Minds, and um, Parkinson's. Epic. So yeah. plenty going on. Uh, obviously, boys, <laughs> one thing, we actually want to hear from our listeners on this. Uh, what sort of sponsor ad should we be doing? Because Vaughan's ready to go. Like... For the for our sponsors, for yeah. the Ross Clark Jones one, yeah, for the, for, Ross, for Ross Clark. Yeah, so we got Yuli's Club, Lennox, Lennox Pizza Pasta, the Station Grocer. So, um, any ideas from our uh, from our listeners? Throw them our way. Does Jimmy Woo come back to sell real estate? Does oh, he have to? Have you got an updated <laughs> suit? Nah, we'll use he the can't. same one. I could. Have you know, washed it? I don't even know where it is. It's for aunts. <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll have to look for that. But you know, Jim Woo could have. He could have a heroin addiction now. He could be in a strip club. Who knows where he is? It's been such a successful couple of years for him. Oh, he's been on fire. He's made a lot of money. He could legitimately be buying the Q1 on the Goldie. Who knows? We'll see. I think you'll get Gazump. Nick Borden's bought it. Um, Barnsley, what do you reckon we should do for sponsors ads? I've got no idea. We, um, it's tough to beat the last time. I know. Though. I was just thinking Our that. Our anti ads were amazing last time. What, yeah. I where know. do we go? Lucky we've got the creative genius of Vaughn Blakey to hopefully come up with some good shit. We're incredibly lucky. Right, well, uh, let's get into Around the Grounds. Um, firstly, a uh, bit of a, I don't know, it was a pretty exciting day for me on Tuesday, not having a surf back, background, but uh, being invited into uh, DH's uh, inner sanctum, I suppose, his shaping bay, sitting down in about 60-degree heat. I know, he fucking got us a beauty with <laughs> he his... Didn't he what? Got in the box fucking factory there and there was no air con. I love it how he... He just sat us down. I'm like, 
and you go, is there no air con? He's like, nah, we'll be right. Barnes, Barnes, it was about 60 degrees. Yeah. We were just sweating bullets. Yeah. But the podcast is up. Um, Louis turned it around in quick time. It went up last night. Um, if you haven't downloaded it, um, it's a must listen. Again, it's, it's a history lesson and a mm. bloody good history lesson. Yeah. He's uh, obviously incredibly generous with his time and, and you know, sharing his story. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You just – he's just a cat. He's like a – he's a quite – like he's pretty quiet, but he's definitely one of the bigger characters in surf, like in the surf industry in Australia. But obviously, he's, you know, one of the top dogs in the surfboard, in the hardware side of things. He's the top dog, if not one of, in Australia. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned it on the podcast, but I, I liken him to a Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, Jack Gibson, like the people that have worked under him, the knowledge he has, um, how he built, you know, built his skill set and built his business. Like, yeah, it's pretty pretty unique and obviously still shaping boards for world champions. I think that's the that's the most inspiring thing. He still fucking loves it. <laughs> like, you know, that's it's a motivating for him. He's now got Molly uh, Pickham, who's in the lead in the women's on the world tour. He's She's kick, kicking ass. Obviously, Steph won last year, but he's got two new, you know, a female and a male with um, Ethan as well, who went in the world title um, decider last year. So uh, it's rad. Connor there as well. He's probably more motivated than ever to sort of go again and try and get some more world titles. With well, it was funny when we walked into his shaping bay, remembering he's on the phone, and you said, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm just organising trestles because Steph's going to be there. I'm ready to go. Like, yeah, yeah. he's so pumped. Yeah. So, anyway, so uh, if, you're into, if you're into those types of podcasts, get on. You'll, you'll learn a lot. You'll enjoy it. Um, and we were extremely lucky. So thanks, DH. Uh, surfing, Woody, um, uh, Portugal, it's been run and won. Yeah. Uh, we had two Aussies right up there. Yeah, Jack Robbo got second, and was it Molly got second as well? Who got? Yep, and uh, and Macy finished in the semi. Yeah, Macy got third. Um, yeah, tricky conditions, big, chunky, sort of open water. Um, not your typical Paniche super tubes where it's like generally offshore, really nice, clean face peaks. A lot more element to the to the waves and and to the contest. So, I, I, it was always maybe going to be a bit more of a random winner, but I was nowhere near it with John, John and Medina. They lost round three and maybe I think Medina lost round four. But, yeah, Jao Chanka. Jao Chanka? Brazilian? Yeah, yeah Jao Chanka, Brazilian. Can, can surf. Yeah, really, right. good, a really good heavy water surfer. Yeah. Generally does well in those better, bigger waves. Like, uh, you know, obviously um, Hawaii, Tahiti and stuff like that. His brother, Lucas Chumbo, who's... Um, you know, like the probably on the forefront of big wave surfing. Um, he does crazy shit at Nazare. He went hard um, in the eddy. Broke his, I think he broke his leg or he stuffed his knee in the eddy. Just going massive, massive waves. Anyway, so obviously those two grew up together wherever they grew up in Brazil. Obviously had some heavier waves, and you know it's just paid off. He's killing it. It's uh, is it. It's the first time for a few years, I think, that we're going to come into the Aussie leg with two Aussies leading, leading yeah. the, the, the rankings. Yeah, I don't think that was happening last year. I think it was either um, it was either Kelly or maybe it was a John leading. But uh, yeah, sick. You still you still think we can get uh, those two could win a world title? I, th- I it depends who gets there behind Jack. I think Molly f- for sure. Yeah, Molly can. I think Molly can easily win. She's a bit light, bit lighter. If it's you know small trestles, she surfed trestles well, wouldn't she? Jack, Jack just Jack probably needs it to be like probably a bit more energy in the swell. 
pumping, but just purely because those guys can turn a, a guys, the other guys, Brazilian guys, can turn an average wave into a score. So that would be, that'd be the only thing. But it's going to be a sick top five race for the men. Close. John, Medina, they're nowhere near it right now, the big boys. So they're going to have to get their shit together. How, how long have they got to get – what are the – how many um, comps have they got to get their points up to get into that There's about another eight left. Yeah, okay. So but you got the – Will they beat the cutoff though, those two? You got John, the cutoff cut off at yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. I think they're fine. I think John's had a semi or a quarters at five right. and then he had a round three at sunset. I think he had a round three. So what's the cutoff go to after five? It goes to 22, is it? I think it goes to top 22, yep. And women's is about 12, I think. It goes from 16 to not, uh, 10 maybe or? 10, right. Something like that. It's good signs though considering, you know, it wasn't probably a year ago, two years ago, we obviously started in the podcast, we were going, where in the hell is our next world title yeah. going to come from or where's our next top 10 surfer going to come from? And now, yeah. you know, you're looking down the barrel of some they've just got their, guys. They've got their act together too, like. Especially in the male stuff, the female stuff, we've already always sort of been there or thereabouts. But um, yeah, Ethan, Ethan's probably got started a little bit slower than Jack. But Jack's fucking just on fire. Can't put a foot wrong. Making those winning ugly, grinding out heats, slow heats, big skitty heats. He's just got an answer for every condition. Who's his shaper and coach? Yoga Dora's dad is his coach. Yeah, Leandro Dora is his coach. Yeah. Who's um, you know an ex. Brazilian pro, he's uh, he was Gabriel, uh, not Gabriel. He was Adriano de Souza's oh, coach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was for, pretty, yeah. for probably ten years. He got him his world title in 2015. They worked yeah. really closely together. Boards, yeah. Well, what what boards did he ride? He rides Sharp Eye. Okay. Oh, so does he? He, Jack he, does. Jack's been on Sharp Eye since the start of last year. Yeah. So oh. that got him a result, obviously, to the world title showdown last year. But he still uses Eric Awakara, who's in Hawaiian shape, who he had ridden for. Predominantly for you know the last ten years, so he's on sharp What's eye. What's interesting, considering he doesn't use anyone Australian, then really. He's got Matt Bemrose in his corner, who's an ex Aussie pro who works for Volcom as a sort of a pit crew boss slash coach, and he works with Leandro. But yeah, they had Bammy, Bammy they had they had Jack and Jao in the final. So Jao won. Jack got second at Portugal, yeah. and Yoga was semis. So they had yeah. you know gold, silver, bronze. Volcom, Volcom crew. So they're doing a good job. The pit crew's amazing with Leandro and. Matty Bemrose. Okay. Righto, we'll, uh, we'll dial Jared in and we'll get into the NRL. But here we go again. Manly and Para. Para's well ahead, but the gap's starting now. Manly's coming back. Seems like they're built out of steel. How do you feel? You thump them, bump them, pick them up and dump them. Manly's coming back. Russia keeps on coming. Just goes to show what an eagle can do to an ear. How do you feel? Manly's coming back. A good trial do it. Up goes the bomb. Too bad they blew it. The eel see a chance and latch on to it. Just emotion comes sliding in. And all the crowd begins to sing. Good morning. Brookvale on a Thursday. Oh, I'd imagine it'd be sold out as well, wouldn't it? Oh, sold out three weeks ago. It'd be way better than going to Leichhardt. Here we go again, Manly and Para. We'll get to that one in a moment. 
Right. Well, let's uh, let's just start with uh, a bit of an update on the tipping comp. So I've got 128 in the field. The leader is on 13. Last place is on three. I think it might be you, James, down there sharing last well, I'm place. I'm going to get relegated to a different tipping comp. That's how shit I'm going. <laughs> Barnsley's midfield. Um, get your tips in. Now, you've got to have your tips in by 7.55, all right, and then it shuts off. So is, get your is tips Jared in. Is Jared in the comp? Jared's in the comp. He's, Where's Jared sitting? He's about with you, Barnsley, midfield. Midfield and Condo, yeah. Condo. Just might talk yourself up. You're sitting in third, aren't you? Uh, I think if I use my joker, I'm first. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so we're, we're, boys, we're working as a team. Remember after, after round That's nine, after round 18 and round 27, we are showering people with gifts, anyone above our panel. So pull your finger out. Who's buddy. winning? Do we know the actual... Jazzy. Jazzy. Who's that? I don't know. But he's used his joker. He's used his joker. Huge. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. So Jazzy is, yeah. So, um, it, 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 is there any truth to the rumour that Woody's been paid by a few people in the background to run dead and that way we shower more gifts? No, it's actually what's happened is every time I tip, I'm, I'm drunk. <laughs> I'll never tip the Tigers again, ever again. I don't know if I'll tip Para either. Now, in the knockout comp, we started with 128 and we're going into round three. We've got eight left. You're one of them. No, no, I'm not in oh, the you're no, out. No, I got well. knocked out. I took, so, I took, I did this, Barney. I took the, the Dolphins bomb? and the Roosters in the knockout, and it was the first game. How's that, fucking idiot? Same. Yeah, I did so that as well. Yeah, I, I, went, took the, I took them. I wish I went the fucking uh, Bronx. Well, there's eight left, and I think uh, El Presidente is one of them. Sir Pigeon. Really? Who'd he yeah. go, Bronx? Or well, you can't say. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. Hopefully he gets knocked out this weekend. Uh, let's move on to uh, the most topical thing in sport and the NRL, which is head knocks. Um, the NRL uh, decided yesterday, I think you're up to speed with it, Barnsley, they've moved to 11-day stand down yep. uh, for Category 1. Um, Jared, you, you, I think you heard a few murmurs out of the AFL yesterday? Yeah, there were reports late last night in their media out of Melbourne that the AFL are now looking at a 26-day stand down. So they are currently at 12. Uh, this has been leaked and become a discussion point late yesterday afternoon in the Melbourne media, which means it's come from head office. So they're now considering a 26-day stand down. The other very interesting thing is there's an outstanding article by Roy Masters in today's Sydney Morning Herald that talks about the impact of how this is changing the game. And he does some analysis of the first two rounds of this year's season. There were 19 HIAs in round one and 18 in round two. All right, so 19 in round one, 18 in round mm. two. That is double what was happening last year. And that now means that there were 10 of those who did not return to the field. And so that's an average of one player per game in the first two weeks who had HIA and was unable to return. So it's a, uh, it, it's a significant impact on the game and what's going to happen with the style of player, in particular the style of bench player. Yeah, you've got to be able to cover multiple positions um, yep. and you've got, to, you've got to have flexibility. You can't just run with four forwards anymore because you need guys who are utilities on there to be able to cover multiple things. But I think, Jared, what they've got to start looking at is really finding ways to make the 18th, 19th man in some situations available and then looking at, you know, squad depth and making it bigger because I can only see, um, you know, come, you know, for the Knights, for example, they're going to have, you know, two of their best players. Now they're going to be, you'd think Kalen would be more than the uh, one game stand down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, they've got other guys in reserve grade have had HIAs as well. So they've currently got four guys sitting out. Now, if that went to 26 rounds, that's a lot of people that's just going to keep piling up. So four guys I couldn't, uh, just from HIA. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. So this is even in I, the I, old, I couldn't yeah. agree more. Mm. Couldn't agree more, Beric. I, I think what's going to have to happen and happen quickly is that we're going to have to see by next year that the, the uh, senior squad list number goes to 35. Yep. And that we end up with a uh, flexibility around a 19th man in a game as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. I, and whether it's like 10 minutes later or 20 minutes, I don't know what it looks like where you can activate that person and he comes into it. Um, but, yeah, it's going to have ramifications, one, for depth across squads, mate. And and with talk of Volandis wanting to add an 18th team, I just don't mm, think it's – I'm with you, Barnes. I think the quality of football is going down if you look across the board. Like the evenness of the comp is there for sure, which is great. But I wouldn't say the quality of the product's got any better. No, 100%. Um, and I, I said on radio earlier this week that the, the whole talk over the last seven days about expansion and, a, and an additional team is a red herring. It's been leaked and pumped along by head office because they want to take and deflect away from the fact that the CBA hasn't been done. The agreement mm-hmm. with the clubs is yet to be done. We're now into round two. These negotiations started over 12 months ago. It's farcical and, in my opinion, just pathetic management that we're at this stage in the game that these things haven't been resolved. And so the best way to take and deflect away from all of that is to create this other bubble of ongoing discussion around an 18th team. And so it's been pumped along by uh, certain elements of the media as a, as a key uh, deflection. You're right, we're not in a position to look at expansion, in my opinion, for at least another three to four years. This whole issue around HIA is going to have a significant impact on quality and depth of product, of players, of squads, and it's going to take a number of years to bed down what impact that is having to the game week in, week out. Jared, I would imagine that that CBA agreement would be more difficult to reach an agreement on uh, after the last two weeks and the HIA issues. Because if we're talking, you know, potential increases of squads, potential 18th, 19th, 20th man, you know, there's lots of ramifications, you know, uh, financial ramifications, mm. salary cap ramifications. So... I don't know. I, if I was a betting man, I'd sort of say that that CBA agreement's not going to be agreed to anytime soon. I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, one of the key sticking points, and in my opinion, rightly, uh, and I support the Players Association in this regard, is the minimum pl- uh, payment. Um, the, the Players Association are wanting to move this from 80000 a season to 120000 a season for the minimum player payment. Um, but that does then have an impact on the total uh, cap figure. Uh, that's been an ongoing sticking point. And to your point, Stephen, you know, what that then has further ramifications. Because if, if we're looking that you're going to have to expand your squad next season to, let's say it's 32, not 35, that means you've still got to add another 250000 in player payments uh, at a minimum level. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to watch. So let's get into the previews. Uh, before we go to the first game, which is Manly Para, um, chuck some stats up at us about the uh, about the first couple of rounds, Jared. Well, a key point for listeners to follow here is we're now in the week three, and uh, a key stat that I like to reference is teams that have been back-to-back away and then return home. Um, Teams who have travelled for not one week but two weeks, in particular if it's been at distance, 
and then return home, often bob up as the underdog and overperform when they get back at home because all of a sudden they've got back for a seven or six day prep at back at home where they're comfortable, they're sleeping in their own bed, they're back in their normal routine and it impacts on performance. And there are three teams this week that um, fit that scenario. The Knights certainly yep. won. They went to Wellington, then they went to Leichhardt. Now they're back in Newcastle. Clearly a depleted list, but I'm sure that they will be uh, a better offering than some expect this week. The next one is the Titans. So the Titans have had two weeks away, uh, both in Sydney at Leichhardt, then Cogra. Now get their first game back at home and face the Storm. And then the other one is the last game of the round where the Raiders have been to Townsville. Then they went to Redcliffe. Now they're back at home this week and they face the Sharks. So keep an eye on that. It does have an impact on performance. Good points. I'd tip all those teams pretty much, except I think the Sharks have got a good record down in Canberra, as you were saying, on Monday, Jared. So it'd be tough for me to pick the Raiders down there. But, yeah, I think all those teams, are, it'd be, it's interesting – you know, Titans and Storm and bloody Knights and um, Dolphins, they're all good games of footy. Yeah, they're all very hard to pick. Well, yeah. And just quickly on the Dolphins, who would have thought three weeks ago that the Dolphins go into round three as a fifty favourite on the road? You couldn't pick it, mate. Yeah. You couldn't <laughs> pick it. And the Knights are depleted, mate. They are. Yeah, they're running on fumes in terms of being saying that. You've still got to give them a shot at home, like you said, mate, back in their own beds. Bit of un, bit of underdog mentality, you know. Good oh, win at Leichhardt. Like, yeah, bloody all, great win at like, Leichhardt. They'd be all so pumped from that. Like, if we can get out the of that. they finished, yeah, bloody 100%. Us. Right, oh, well, let's oh, go and, into and, tonight's game, Jared. Uh, Manly versus Para at Brookie and uh, sold-out crowd. One of the great TV ads of all time, the two he's had from about 20, 25 years ago. Here we go again, Para. Manly and Parra, and we've got it again. These two have it, just a, a cracking history. The last six times they've played, three each. Um, and it seems to swing often with home ground advantage or the underdog at the alternate home ground. Parramatta are under the pump here, and I'd said pre-season I was against them to make the eight long term because it really concerned me with the change of list that they had, that they are so underdone in the middle. And... Uh, there's a very good article on Raw Sports this week by a good friend of mine um, who focuses on their rotations, but also the workload that is now into their two front rowers. They're playing excessive minutes because they don't have the backup coming off the bench. Mm. They're getting beat in the yardage game in game one and game two. They do come through a strong form line, but I, I don't like the fact that they're leaking points. Uh, they were there to win the game against the Storm. They were there to win the game against the Sharks and didn't. They now face up against Manly at Bookvale, which is a tough ask. Uh, the uh, Eagles have got a very good record longer term here, especially at covering the line. A bit hard to get a, a read on the Eagles because they come off a bye, but there were patches of that game against the Bulldogs that I like. They are at full strength. Um, I do like the Eagles at home, but these two at Bookvale, I think there's some points in the game too. Yeah, if you have a look at that points, Jared, there's I had a quick look at the stats. You've got way more numbers than me, but there's always a lot of points between those two sides. Yeah. Eight of the last time, uh, ten times, so eight of the last ten, these two have played each other. The points total has gone over. And the Eagles at Bookvale in their last 23 games, so that's a big sample, that's two seasons, are running at 70% over, and it gets even higher when they play at night as they do tonight. So I'm expecting that we'll see a point shootout, and there's lots of points in this. I thought the total points... Uh, was a low mark tonight, 41.5. I think we'll certainly see close to 
I'm expecting uh, high high forties. There's your first bet, Woody. I like it. Over forty one and a half. Righto, let's move on to uh, oh geez, if this is anything like the final, the the uh, prelim final, I think whatever it was last year, Roosters and and the Rabbits, it'll be a cracker. Oh, absolutely, but I think the market's wrong here. Um, I mean, the market's got South favourites, which I have, but I have it much wider than two and a half because I think the strength of list going into this game tonight is uh, chalk and cheese. The Roosters are still very underdone. Yes, they get some key ins, but a, a few of those key ins, like Wirra Hargraves, are yet to have a proper physical hit out. They're going to be underdone into a very physical game. These two do match up very well normally. Um, I think the form line, be, uh, looking at South, is far stronger. They come through a high-quality game first up where they beat Cronulla at Shark Park. Then last week, um, didn't get a lot of ball, didn't get a lot of the rubber of the green and went down 16-10 at Penrith Park. That's a very strong form line compared to where the Roosters have done. And two very lot. hard road trips. Absolutely. Like two teams, and, and, you know, like you've got to play at their home ground, hostile crowd. Fair effort. Absolutely. And, and then they get two key forward ins this week. I, I think it'll be all through Main Street. They'll just be <laughs> pumping through the middle where I think the Roosters are weak, especially off their bench and their rotation. The Rabbits also, outstanding record against them. They won seven of the last yeah. ten, but that includes six of the last seven. And a number of those have been by big margins. Um, I'm very keen on the Rabbits. So I think uh, they win, uh, and I think they win by a reasonable margin. So uh, this game late last year, we had, uh, we had eight sin bins, three HIAs, and four players replaced through injury. So pr- obviously a very physical game. There's no love loss there. Um, Hargraves back in, Radley back in. So where do you have the market? Like if it's two and a half, where did you rate it? I'm four and a half. Four and a half. And, and, I, and, and I thought I was uh, a little low. Um, and, you know, the key matchup here is through the middle, as I touched on a moment ago. I mean, the Rabbits are running just under 50 metres a set. The Roosters are just not matching that at all. Yeah, OK. Righto, uh, the form side go up to Suncorp, Dragons versus the Broncos. <laughs> well, we're looking at different form lines, aren't we? Uh, no, I met the Broncos. A... Oh, OK. I thought you were talking about your beloved Dragons. Of course I was. Win over the bye. Um <laughs> <laughs> they actually have a great record, the Dragons, don't they? Uh, won four of the last five against the Broncos, and this will be a full house in Brisbane, and there is uh, a mountain of Dragon supporters there in uh, the Brisbane area, and they will pack in a sun court with all the Broncos lovers. So this will be a, a great cracking game, uh, and it's a weekend game, which is uh, quite unusual for the Broncos. In Jared, they're, they're, they're four Friday out of... The, the Dragons are four out of five, the, the uh, Broncos, recently but they've lost 14 out of the last 15 interstate. Is that correct? They do. They yeah. uh, leave something at home when they get on a plane because they've lost 14 in the last 15 when they travel interstate, and that does include, obviously, against the Broncos. I must say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm against the Dragons longer term, but there were some things I liked last week, in particular what the three of their big men did. I thought uh, Laurie, best game I've ever seen him play. I thought Kerr and Musgrove, had a big impact coming off the bench and big bodies that gave them metres and go forward. Um, if they can replicate that, then it takes them well into this game. It's a nice test. But I do think the Broncos come through the strongest form line in the season at the moment. Now, we're only th- uh, two games in, but they come through uh, beating Penrith at Penrith Park. Not many teams do that. And then 
last week, a, a very good win against the Cowboys where they were strong late. And the key is they've just got speed and talent and skill. And I mean, Walsh is a standout. Um, you know, the six is playing exceptionally well. Reynolds runs the show. They've got two very good centres. You just give them an inch with a little bit of room and in attack, and they have points and they will hurt you. So I'm with the Broncos. The market opened 10.5 at the start of the week. It's now 12.5. I had a little higher than that, and I was keen about the Broncos winning and covering the line. Okay, so before we go into uh, before we go into uh, your tips, what are what sort of the uh, how are you rating the the sort of I suppose the current form lines a couple of rounds in going into the third round? Well, I, I think the two strongest form lines are the Broncos and the Rabbits, and the key when you're looking at this, and we've only got a small sample so far, but we'll touch on this in weeks to come, is who the teams have come through, and more importantly where we actually rate them longer term in the season. So um, at the start of the year, I end up with my top six that I've rated long term. And then I measure against them each week how many times and what results and quality of game against those that, uh, other teams have played. Now, as I just touched on with the Broncos, they've been the Penrith and then they've beat the Cowboys at home. I certainly have Penrith and the Cowboys in my top six. The other is clearly the Rabbits. Well, the Rabbits beat the Sharks. And then they've gone close to Penrith. And again, I have both of those teams in my top six. So I think it right now, the quality is around those two teams, the Broncos and the Rabbits. And the Broncos have a decent draw in the opening six to eight weeks. But I will preface that by saying they then go through a pretty arduous rep period in the middle of the season and a very difficult draw at the back end. So they're going to want to build as many wins as they can by the middle of the year. And Jared, how do you rate the Tigers at the moment? Oh, you just had to see the look Look on Woody's Woody's face. (laughs) I just said to wake Woody up. (laughs) Do we have half an hour? Um, I've moved them to the bottom of uh, of my ratings. I've actually moved the Dolphins uh, slightly above them. Um, You've still got the Dolphins way down low. Do you think that they're just going to fall off a cliff? No, no, well, he he had them rated very low to start with. Yeah, right. Before a game was kicked. So they've moved. I had them rated... I had them rated four points below the lowest team, yep. which was uh, the, the Dragons, the Tigers, and the Knights. I've now moved them up above the Tigers. Uh, I find the, the Dolphins very difficult to rate, but I just worry longer term where uh, they start to pick up injuries like they have this week, what the depth does and how that works for them. Yep. Uh, the, the Tigers, they're just trying to do things that they were doing 15 years ago, and that is play laxally, way too many passes. Their defence is really soft and weak, and... Yeah, there is absolutely no way they should have lost that game last week in the second half when yeah you know, Ponga went off after two minutes. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's a six point, six rating point turnaround in the strength of what the Knights had. Uh, I was rubbing my hands together, Jared. I was rubbing my hands together, uh, going "Fuck yeah!" It got like I could tell really you bad it, really quickly when we went down that end and. Fucking Coruscant threw that shit pass to the forward on like the second tackle and he fell over the line, knocked it on. That was the alarm bell. I, I think the pressure is going to compound on them mentally. Uh, having those two losses now to start the season when the expectation was that they would be winning, um, you know, they've got, you know, they're going to have to do extensions on their coach and coach's box. Uh, at, at home grounds because there's 53 people sitting in the coach's box. I mean, there's that many, that many. What are they talking that about? many people. Well, you know, where's the leadership? You need one person who's a strong leader, not the three or four or five or six that they seem to have, and all this misdirection and 
Uh, I think it's going to implode in weeks to come. Anyway, that's enough on the Tigers. They're shit. Uh, go into your tips, Jared, for this week. Uh, tips this week, gentlemen. Let's start with the Eagles winning tonight. I think the Dolphins get the job done. Certainly keen about the Rabbits. I think the Titans can bounce back at home. The Storm also now lose Nelson. That's a big oh, out for them. Wow. So I give the Titans a chance. The Cowboys, the Broncos. I think the Dogs back at Belmore against the Tigers. The Dogs win. Gee, I found the last game very tricky. I just went with the Sharks, but that game looked very even. So Eagles, Dolphins, Rabbits, Titans, Cowboys, Broncos, Dogs, Sharks. I thought the best of the week was the Rabbits minus two and a half. Um, I thought that was a nice way as a best bet for the week. Okay, so you're going three weeks in a row and you're going to go Rabbits giving the start for the best bet. That's it. Okay, okay. Now, uh, we've actually instigated a new one this week. Uh, well, actually, we did it last week, but Woody fucked it up. Uh, Woody's Chinese Dinner uh, with Top Sport, they've actually put up a bet, Woody. It's called The Ball and All. Yeah. Okay. So, please, please, come forward so you can talk into the microphone. You need to... You need I'm to, putting my tips in. Yeah, correct. You need to participate. Barnsley, you keep an eye on him. Um, what's your Chinese dinner bet this week, Jared? Well, then let's just preface it last week. We gave Woody a little bit of a leg up and have 70 bucks on the Warriors with the start. Which they the covered. Warriors? Woody <laughs> I did the fucking bet. You told me to do South plus five and a half. James, but... James, please just listen. That and was on, yeah. there, was a, there was 140 bucks for Woody to take the family out for Chinese. Let's see if we can try and do it again this week. <laughs> and, Jared, we need, so, we need something with odds because it's his mother-in-law's 60th. Uh, so shout out to Lin- Linda Wynn. It's a 60th this weekend, James. Were you aware of that? No, she was 60 last year. No, but she's celebrating this weekend. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. He's not aware of it. So, um, Woody, what you need to do is grab that wallet of yours, take one of the green ones out. Yep. And then you need to go rabbits to win, dolphins to win, cowboys to win, Broncos to win. So four teams, yep. no line, just take them straight out the win. It's paying $4.20 at Top Sport. 420 back for you. You can take them all out wherever you want on Sunday night. Okay, he's putting it on as we as we speak. Let's see if he stops it, right it up now. again. Right, so Rabbits the win, Dolphins the win, Cowboys the win, Broncos the win. Four dollars twenty. And if uh, and, and any of, if any of our listeners jump onto Top Sport, it's under the ball and all, isn't it, Jared? Is that right? Uh, we will have that in the coming weeks, Steve. Okay, but uh, if they right. jump on the Top Sport, all they need to do is just pick those four teams. It'll then go into a multi all up, $4.20. You can actually top that up with a, a boost. Knock yourself out. So what was it? Rabbits, Dolphins, Broncos, and who was the last one? Rabbits, Cowboys. Dolphins, Cowboys. Cowboys, Broncos, paying four twenty. Yep. Are you on? Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure you're on. So I've got, you I've got it we're doing it live, Woody. There's no excuse. i got it at 485 Okay, there you go. Take there it. There you go. Yeah. Sports yeah. bet. Righto, go. All right, thank you. Okay, thank you, Jerry. Can you send me a text where we're going for dinner on Sunday night? We're going to uh, – I'm just going to buy some fruit and we're just going to sit down on the beach and eat fruit together. And you're going to save your money for next week. I've got to put some, I've got to put some money back into um, the bet I lost on the surfing the other night. Uh, hey, Woody, uh, 485 bucks will buy you a lot of fruit. I know. We'll get a whole box of avocados and a whole box of mangoes. We'll eat a few and then we'll throw a few at each other, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll uh, we'll catch you on Monday. Fantastic uh, preview, Jared. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. See, See you, mate. gentlemen. Well, there you go, Woody. You got uh, you got. I got the bet on. You're I'm on. Ready. I'm ready. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh, what are we watching this week, boys? Or what are we listening to? We found any good. 
Oh, you two mutes. I like even, a, I, bloody okay, well, I'm, I'm not freaking. Okay, well, I'm going to give you one to watch. Life. Okay, I'm going to give you one to watch. Heart of Invictus. Ooh. It's a series. It's a series on Netflix. All right. It follows a group of obviously ridiculously extraordinary uh, competitors around the globe on how they get themselves. Uh, I suppose the resilience of bouncing back from um, life-changing illnesses and injuries, so that they compete in, so that they can compete in the Invictus Games. See, it's really Epic. good. Okay. You'll awesome. love it. You guys will love I've, it. I've, I actually do. I, I listened to a really good podcast yesterday. It's with Lex Friedman. He's um, got a he's a big time podcast guy in America, and he had three of the best um, jujitsu guys on: Nicky Ryan, um, Nicky Rod, and Craig. Is it just about jujitsu, or is it just no? About it's about how they train. Or, yeah, or? or how it all how they got into it, how it all started. But Craig Jones is the Aussie guy who is Volkanovski's um, wrestling coach slash grappling coach. Oh, and he. There's about a, I don't know, out of the couple of hours podcast, about 20 minutes on just his thoughts on the fight with Vulcan Islam and just how he prepared him for that Samba or Sumba style wrestling, the freestyle wrestling that Islam does. And it's really good, his approach and how Islam come up to him after the fight in the ring. And he's like, oh, fuck, I think it's on because he'd been, Craig Jones, the Aussie who coaches Volk, had been talking shit, saying that his <laughs> Sumba wrestling was shit and he'll be, oh, right. he'll be sweet. And, you know, obviously Volk, you know, uh, you know, really held his own against, uh, you know, the guy that's the best wrestler in, in UFC. So it's a good, good, really good listen. Right. I'm going to flag one and you guys can have a think about it. But um, we've got the Masters coming up, which is the best golf tournament ever. Okay. Uh, the start of April. And the invites have obviously gone out. So the top 50 get in. They have the Champions Dinner, which is fantastic uh, tradition that they have. And you get to pick what you're going to have on the menu when you go back the first year after you've won. So it's kind of like your last meal in prison. You yeah. get to Sort of, yeah. yeah. So Scotty Scheffler. So you guys can have a think oh. about it because I want to hear... What did Scotty get? I want to hear... What did Scotty get? I want to hear what you guys would have. So he's having cheeseburger sliders, firecracker shrimp, followed by tortilla soup, and then you can have the choice between a Texas ribeye, which is where wow. he's from, or blackened redfish, and then warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. I'll tell you what, Scotty Scheffler's having a good dinner. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That's heavy. What did Adam Scott, didn't he have like kangaroo and different sorts of stuff? Like he made a real Australian one. He had Pavlova. Yeah, he had a a few Aussie things. Tiger for his first one had cheeseburgers. His first win, I mean. Yeah, wow. What would you have, Woody? Off the top of my head, I'd have like, as an entree, I'd have either like really nice sashimi. So like just, I guess if you're at a master's one, you have whatever sort of fish. So I'd have like a fish that's from outer space. I don't even know what sort it'd be called. Just like mm. the most expensive tuna you could get. Um, I don't know. I'd have some sort of, I don't know, some sort of another entree where it'd either be like really nice spring rolls or something, something like that, one of those little things. And then I'd just have a sick steak, like the best steak you get, like somewhere from- Like Arge- a Wagyu or something. Something from Argentina or, yeah, yeah Wagyu yeah. from Japan. Yeah, I'd have good. like- just the best steak chef cooking the best sort of steak you can get. And then if you don't want that, barramundi, I'd do an Aussie thing, have like really nice barramundi from up the top um, from sort of Northern Territory way. And then for dessert, I'd probably go pavlova, something like that, pavlova or um, what's the really nice French uh, one that you have at? Tiramisu. Um, tiramisu. Yeah, I'd have that. One of, that'd be some, something like that. That'd Pretty be, good. What's your favourite food, Barney? Well, I'm just going really simple. I'm getting um, probably about 10 just pig rotisseries and we're going out on oh. the night, 18th grain. 
and we're just putting them around the grain and they're just going to be just like getting rotated um, and they're just going to be dripping and everyone's going to get a set of pliers and you go and go up to the pig and just rip off the crackling thing. I've done that once. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to get all these stiffs. Where did you do that at? Um, Benny Robinson, actually, who, yeah. uh, shout out to him. He's had a pretty tough time too. Um, former Wallaby prop. Yep. Um, top like, but um, yeah, we did it out at his property at Bendemeer. There, we all just out of Tamworth. Yeah, yeah, just out of Tamworth, home of Josh Hazelwood. Yeah. yeah, he gave us all a set of pliers, and we just go around and pull the crackling off oh. the pig and the meat. And he just, uh, oh, it's bloody beautiful. Anyway, so that's what we're doing. We're just getting full, going full. Any dessert, or you just yeah, what would no, you have no, dessert? you just because you'd be vomiting afterwards. You're just eating that much pig. So and what would you oh, have? Chocolate to drink? cake, mud cake, um, rum. Oh, it'd be a bit of rum. There'd be a few cruises there too because we'd probably get a bit of sugar in everyone. Cruises. <laughs> rum uh, and cruises. That's what, what about you, Steve? What are you having? Uh, I like the sashimi idea. I'd have to have pizza in there somewhere. I reckon yeah. I'd probably bring Mez over. Just yeah. Mez yeah. on the 18th green. I, I reckon Love I'd bring it. Mez over and just, uh, I don't know how many champions they got there, but they all could have their own selection of one individual pizza. Um, Condo would have a piece of all these good pizzas. Um, dessert, I don't know. I think chocolate cake. Yeah, it's tough to beat. Chocolate isn't it? cake with ice cream from uh, in the pink. Do you guys like? Do you guys love like really nice out of the oven hot apple pie with vanilla ice cream? So Just real good. simple with thick and cream. And I haven't had cream. any. I haven't had any sugar for three I, weeks, and it's fucking starting to freak me. I tell out. you what, I love too. Coles do a sponge cake with pink icing oh, on the top. It's five dollars. You're so cheap. It's aren't so you? amazing. Oh, a bit of ice, bit it's of vanilla like, ice cream. Just blue ribbon ice cream oh, with any of that yeah, sort of stuff. Should we bring bring point. in a menu segment? To our podcast. Oh, what would know. you What would you have for your last meal? Let's start doing that. What would you have for your last Any meal? Any listeners out there? What Maybe that's what we ask on our individual guests. That's yeah. a ballbag question. The last meal. Last meal. Yeah. The band's last meal. Righto. Giddy up. All, All right. right. Dragons are going to get a win. Let's Bye-bye. go. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>